When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome into another edition of the podcast. After I recorded last week, we had news that Jerome Ford may be missing some time uh, with the injury that he sustained in practice. You know, it's that's going to be tough. That is a lingering injury. A hamstring is a lingering injury that is going to carry into the regular season for the first couple weeks. I would be shocked if he is ready for week one. The Browns went out and they signed Jordan Wilkins, who is a pretty reliable uh, running back option out of Indianapolis. He's always been a running back too, um, but he can do a lot of good things in the backfield. He can he can catch. He is a Jerome Ford type of running back. So that's not the news that we were hoping for, but we did get some good news the Browns have signed defensive tackle Shelby Harris. As I said in last week's show, we needed another big guy up front. Um, Tristan Hill has been down for the last two weeks with an injury. I think it's safe to say that if you are not playing at this point in the preseason, your shot of making the roster is pretty much gone. So Hill is out of there. You put in Shelby Harris as a DT2 option alongside Dalvin Tomlinson. With the addition of Shelby Harris, Jim Schwartz has a lot of free range to do whatever the hell he wants with this defensive line. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, Jordan Elliott. I think Tommy Togiai has a great chance to make this roster again. I, I was really down on him. I thought he was going to be cut. Um, but like I said, with Tristan Hill down, that was somebody that they brought in to maybe give Togiai some competition. And if he's not going to play, then Togiai gets that spot. He can be in there to rotate uh, Maurice Hurst. So it gives Jim Schwartz a lot of ability to just go crazy with the defensive lines that he wants. And Siaki Ika. Uh, he can go crazy with whatever formation line he wants to go with. In addition, you have a number of fantastic edge rushers. That's just going to be, this is candy for Jim Schwartz. This is the sweetest thing he could get. It's not necessarily what you had in Philadelphia with Fletcher Cox, um, Brandon Graham, like all those people. But this is, this is up there with a creative mind like his, he's going to be able to get the best out of this defense. And when you saw in the Commanders game, they came out swinging. That defensive line was getting pressure after pressure after pressure. And granted, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett played that pressure really well, which we'll get into in a little bit. But that's just a glimpse of what Jim Schwartz can do for this defensive line and this defense overall. 
so bringing in Shelby Harris was was huge for what we could do on defense and plugging in a massive hole that we have had for the last two two years. I believe that is it on the injury front. We have not had anything major, thank God. Hopefully we can stay that way for another week, week and a half. Um, but we move on to the Commanders game. Browns lose this game. You have Deshaun Watson and the first team offense got out on the field. And I think we were all stoked to see what Deshaun was doing in the pocket. He looked really comfortable. Um, he he was running a little bit. That was concerning, I will admit. But it shows that he's confident in you know what he's learned over this offseason and taking the film from the last six games, looking at how can I improve. And he came out there and he had a glimpse of his old self. He went three for three for 12 yards, but it's three for three. We'll take it. The offense looked great. Elijah Moore, <clears throat> when they went out on the first play, and Elijah Moore was lined up at running back. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to see something insane. And then he motioned out, and I believe it was a completion to – I forgot I forgot who completed that catch, but I was like, oh, they're not gonna show the full playbook. I wanted to see Elijah Moore, you know, get the ball. And then he lines up at running back again. And then he swings outside for a big gain. I believe it was eighteen yards. Yep. So I mean, this is just gonna be really fun. I, I genuinely cannot wait. Season can't get here quick enough. Uh Demetric Felton was your starting running back. When they got down to the red zone, it was a little questionable. I had flashbacks from, you know, the last two years with sketchy red zone play calling. And it's preseason, so I wasn't getting too upset. But I was like, hmm, I'm not in love with three straight run plays. Uh, Demetric Felton was your starting running back. He had eight carries for 31 yards. Fine by me. I mean... Like, if Jerome Ford is unable to perform week one, I would like to see Demetric Felton get, you know, at least a couple snaps. He doesn't have to be the main RB2. If they want Jordan Wilkins to play RB2, let him do it. But I want to get Demetric Felton in there at least once and just let him work. He's shown that he can be something to this offense. And with all the weapons that we have, with the playbook that we have drawn up, let him get in there. Let him cook a little bit. So Deshaun goes 3 for 3, 12 yards. He gets pulled out of the game. I believe Kellen Mond was next up. He went 7 for 12, 79 yards, and a touchdown. I mean... I'll take the touchdown. 79 yards, not bad. That's what I consider a decent game from Kellen Mond. Um, if we look at his stats in the Hall of Fame game, I think if you're... I don't love Kellen Mond, but based on these numbers, 7 for 12, 79 yards, one touchdown, and then in the Hall of Fame game, he goes 13 for 19, 92 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I don't necessarily think Kellen Mond is a horrible player. He's just being, you know, beat out by 
Dorian Thompson Robinson and Josh Dobbs. I mean, as soon as DTR was drafted, Mond had to had to have known that his time was over. And the Browns signing Josh Dobbs is the nail in the coffin. Um, but he's been serviceable for this preseason. We're going to see him some more. Let's see what he can do. Hopefully he can land himself a QB3 job somewhere. Um, After Kalamon is done, I believe, you guys can can check me on this. I forgot what the exact order was, but Josh Dobbs, 8 for 16, 77 yards, 1 interception. I don't love that. This guy is a veteran. The Browns brought him back because of the chemistry that he has with Watson and some of the other guys on this team. He, when he was in Tennessee, he was thrown into the thick of it in the middle of the season. I believe he got signed like before Christmas. So it was an uncomfortable situation for him to go out there and start and in a primetime game. That was just, they set him up to fail. Um, but he comes back. He's supposed to be the QB2, the veteran, the guy that DTR is going to learn from. And he comes out and he doesn't play fantastic. I don't. Then DTR. I I, th- I think this is wrong. I think Mond was the last quarterback. DTR was third. Then it was Dobb. I I'm again not sure. You can check me on this. DTR nine for ten, one hundred and two yards and one touchdown. I, what else do I have to say? He's been the best person in preseason. I think we can all agree. Uh, it's been really fun to watch him work. I I think it's too early to say he's QB2 because he's still a rookie. He's going against people who are probably never... A lot of these guys aren't going to play in the NFL again. This doesn't necessarily show you what he's going to do on a big stage, but he has had great performances. That's all we need from our rookie. He looks comfortable out there. He has five years of starting experience in college. That's a lot more than, than a lot of these guys. The Browns know what they are going to do with him in the future. He's going to be, he might be the QB2 next year. That's a very, very good possibility that he will be the QB2 next year. But for right now, he needs to sit back, watch what Watson does, watch what Dobbs does, and learn and perfect himself for next year if he gets thrown into a situation where he needs to play. And he can get us 14 points. He can get us 21 points. Um, and really command that offense full of full of veterans. It's an intimidating spot. I think right now he's handled it really well, um, but we will see what he can do in a real game setting. So that's about it from the commander side. Uh, Austin Watkins had another good game, six receptions, 71 yards, average of 11.8 yards per catch. He's, I mean, I think he's, might be a lock to make practice squad. Uh, Jalen Darden has been injured for the last couple weeks. They don't necessarily have anybody. If Anthony Schwartz... Everything always circles back to Anthony Schwartz because I thought if Darden was still injured, Schwartz would make the team. But then Austin Watkins decides to pop off and be a camp darling and show us that he's ready for more. So where does that put Anthony Schwartz? I don't know. I simply do not know. I don't think Anthony Schwartz had a reception in this game. 
I'm looking at the box score. I see nothing from him. Yeah, he's not on the box score. So that's unfortunate for Schwartz. I, I really don't know what they plan on doing. He's had some flashes in camp. He's catching the balls over the middle. He's. It seems like he is working a lot harder. And the interception or the fumble that he had in the Hall of Fame game definitely, definitely hurt him. But it seems like he's working a lot harder. So that puts Schwartz in such an uncomfortable situation. If Austin Watkins has another another good preseason game, this could be the end for him. Uh, but I like this receiver room. If you add Watkins in there on the practice squad, you have a guy like, like Dalen Baldwin, who came in last year in the Ravens game, did pretty well, good enough, brought in every ball that he was thrown and... That's really all you need. So Watkins could definitely be that guy this year. Um, and they're getting David Bell out there too. I I don't think he's on the roster bubble. I definitely don't. It's just letting him get more comfortable because with this receiver room, like Cedric Tillman could be getting more playing time than he does in some of these games. So you just got to keep David Bell warm. You have to give him confidence. You have to give him time to build himself up and – feel comfortable when he is put in that real game situation. I'm fine with it. He had three receptions for 33 yards and a touchdown. I mean, good for David Bell. As an Ohio State fan, he he tore us up uh, back in college at Purdue. He could definitely turn up and become really, really solid as like a wide receiver four. Uh, next year with Donald Peoples-Jones going, I don't necessarily – know what all is going to happen with that, but I do know that David Bell will probably still be here and he will be getting implemented into this offense a little more. I'm I'm excited for it. Love David Bell. Now we go to the defense. Cameron Mitchell had a great game. Uh, Jacob Phillips had a pretty good game. Like The defense was kind of flying around. Um, you had some of the starters in there. Ogbo Okoronkwo got in on the first play of the game and hit him for hit the running back for tackle for loss. That was fantastic. I got really hyped up. Then you had people like Martin Emerson in there. Um, Maurice Hurst was in there. JOK was in there. He was flying around. So you had Zadarius Smith was in there. So a lot of these guys were were making an impact. And again, it's just going to be really fun to see what Jim Schwartz can do with those guys in the regular season. Um, and and Miles Garrett, he wasn't even playing in this game, but you add him in there with what they did against the Commanders, and that's going to be fantastic for what this defense needs. Ronnie Hickman had a great night, had two interceptions, and one was a really nice like cookie. Like what Martin Emerson had last year against the Jaguars, just ripping it away from the receiver. That's kind of what Hickman did. And I didn't give him enough credit coming out of Ohio State. He had some issues in the big games, and the spotlight was on him. I was looking at him in the draft, and I was like, I don't think they're going to take a safety in before the fifth round, so Ronnie Hickman's going to be there. They're going to take him. They got him in undrafted free agency, and look what's happened. So I think he has a chance to make the team. 
it'll be really interesting to see how that safety situation plays out because like DeAnthony Bell was good on special teams last year. He was good when he got playing time and now it seems like we don't hear enough of him and it's a shame, but Ronnie Hickman could be uh, maybe a practice squad guy. Cause you have, you have Thornhill, you have Delpit, you have McLeod. Um, maybe they'll carry him on game day just in case, but otherwise he can just go down to the practice squad and we can call him, call him up if needed. Um, but that about does it for the defense in, in this commander's game. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win, but we have a chance to get another preseason victory against the Eagles tonight. I will. Be. It's been chippy um, in their joint practices in Philadelphia. We heard Joe Batonio say that the Eagles were getting some cheap shots in on Deshaun Watson. Uh, both teams aren't supposed to hit the quarterback. I think we all know this from the Browns hard knocks days where Todd Haley's yelling, you don't touch the effing quarterback. It's the number one rule of practice. You don't touch the quarterback. And apparently they were they were swatting the ball away from him, trying to get strip sacks. You don't do that because if he gets his hand hit, you know, that may be like a broken pinky or something. And it's gonna it's gonna come back to bite whoever injured the quarterback. So they're getting in cheap shots. Betonio doesn't like it. He says they're just trying to perfect their craft. And when you guy, when you have guys getting in cheap shots, you have to defend yourself, and it takes away from getting better. He's absolutely right. But uh, it apparently was on both sides of the ball from people that I talked to. The Browns were, were getting a little rough up front with the quarterback. You know, it's it's football. Things happen. Um, but it should make for an interesting preseason game. We're not going to see a lot of the starters. This is the game before you start cutting down the roster. You're going to see Kellermond in there. You're going to see DTR in there again. Um, but mostly it's going to be guys that need to make a name for themselves. I would hope Tristan Hill is good enough to go into this game because I do want to see what he can do. The Browns liked him for a reason. I didn't see the hype from him uh, early in his career when he was with the Cowboys. Then when he went to the Cardinals, I didn't see anything from him, but the Browns see something in him. So I would love to see what they see in him to see if he can potentially make this, make this roster. And if, if you are going down the list of guys that, that could make this roster, um, I think you have someone like Mahmoud Diabate, Mahmoud Diabate, he was an undrafted free agent from Utah. He's a, a pretty good-sized linebacker. On the film in the Commanders game, he's kind of flying around along with Charlie Thomas. Who Charlie Thomas is from Georgia Tech. He's he's a fast guy, but I don't know if he is going to make this roster. Uh, but Diabate, with this limited, with the limited depth at linebacker. They either need to sign a veteran or keep a couple of these guys. And I think Diabate would be somebody that would be really nice to keep around. Caleb Biggers, who is an undrafted free agent from oh, Boise State. He had a pass breakup or two 
I think one on third down um, in the Hall of Fame game, and he had a pretty good game against the Commanders. But he's a he's a corner. I know that the Browns already have Denzel Emerson, Newsom, Mitchell, and now Biggers. But if you put him on the practice squad. That's somebody that you can call up and maybe even get on special teams. Miller Forrestal is somebody that can definitely make this roster. Um, he had four receptions for 66 yards and 16.5 yards per catch. And he's he's tight on four right now behind Njoku, Akins, and Bryant. And Bryant's been out with an undisclosed medical injury, but he is supposed to be back. I'm not sure if he's going to get playing time tonight. Um, but Forrestal has been really solid. He was with the Browns last year. He showed a little bit, nothing fantastic. Maybe they like him enough to keep him around. Um, like I don't see a lot of surprise cuts. I don't see a lot of surprise, you know, people sticking around. Um, it's just kind of going to kind of be a toss up for a lot of these positions for depth. Uh, nobody that's necessarily been an insane impact player, like uh, undrafted free agent that's been insane, besides Hickman. Um, so yeah, those are just a couple guys that I think could make this roster. And we couldn't go, I couldn't go and record a podcast without talking about the kicker situation. Cade York has been abysmal from kicks outside of the 40 and like that 43 to 46 49 range he's just been he's been really off and for a kicker the highest drafted kicker since 2016 2017 something like that you are expected to be able to make these kicks it is not difficult i understand that cleveland brown stadium is right off of the lake there's the wind swirls in that place. It's like a mini tornado that you can't see. It sucks, but you need to figure it out because there was not a lot of wind in that game. It was wet, but there was not a lot of wind in that commander's game. You got to figure that out. I even, I was watching the game with some people. I said, I'm going to close my eyes. When Cade York first got up to kick the 46 yard field goal, 43, I said, I'm going to close my eyes, and I know what the outcome is going to be. He missed the kick, and it was like wide right. It's an issue because in the Chargers game, he missed a kick that would have, I believe, won them the game or tied the game. I think it would have won them the game. He missed it. You can't have that this year. This is the year where everything has to be perfect if you want to fight for a playoff spot. And if... We have games that come down to the kicker. We are doing something wrong. However, he should be strong enough to make the kicks that will win us games. He should be strong enough to make the kicks that will win us games. Simple enough. If you need to go out and get a veteran kicker, go do it. I believe Elliot Fry just got released from, I think he was with the Broncos. He's a veteran. He was with the Eagles. He was great. Pick him up. And he doesn't even just give Cade some competition or something. And I understand there's a lot, a lot that goes into this with a second-year kicker 
who had a disappointing first year, you don't want to bring in a veteran and have him get more psyched out and then continue to miss kicks instead of getting better. I think Bubba Ventrone is going to sit down with Cade, analyze everything. I don't know what all goes into analyzing a kicker, but they need to analyze every single component of kicking in order for him to be perfect. He was a stud at LSU. I was watching some old LSU games. He goes out there five times a game, and he's making every single kick. I believe in towards the end of the season, he missed like three kicks and like that was it. But with how much LSU was scoring, it didn't really matter about what Cade did because they were up by 17, 18 points. But in the NFL, there are times where you are not times. Most of the time you are in close games Cade needs to be the guy that we can rely on to win us those games. I'm not saying he has to be like Justin Tucker and hit a 64-yard field goal to win us the game, but it's getting down to crunch time for him to figure it out. There are kickers everywhere in the middle of the season. If Cade is not good by week seven, you go out and you get somebody, and week seven might be too long of a leash. You got to do something to get this kicker situation figured out. Maybe give Phil Dawson a call. I don't know. But you got to figure it out. So, Browns play the Eagles tonight at 7.30. It's been a lot of tension in joint practices. It should be a fun one. I don't think the Eagles are playing any of their starters. I don't think anybody is playing any of their starters at this point of preseason. But this will be the time to see who makes this roster and who doesn't. Who gets to potentially play week one and who doesn't? It should be interesting. Thank you guys for listening. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.